أهلاً وسهلاً يا جماعة. Welcome to Junabia Girl Talks, a podcast about South Sudanese women and girls, where we share unique stories, wisdom, insights, life hacks, and talk about personal growth. I am your host Kiden. Thank you for tuning in. Welcome to our second episode called Mata Mulhajare, which is all about conquering your inner naysayer and taking risks. We explore methods of effective communication and share tips on how to use the power of your voice to achieve your goals in the professional space. For those that don't know Arabic Juba, Matamul Hajjade means don't do this thing. Because often there's a tiny voice within us that tells us not to do something or take a step that would otherwise be good for us. So today's episode is all about ways we can turn that inner naysayer into a positive voice and how to level up in the workspace by improving how we communicate and by taking risks. I had the great opportunity to speak with yet another special guest, one I am excited to introduce. She's a visual artist skilled at illustrating animals and portraits and paints using watercolors. She also has a background in the legal and financial sector as a regulatory compliance officer for an anti-money laundering and investment firm. She's ambitious with a progressive mindset and dedicated to her profession. She's also a certified Junibia based in Nicosia, Cyprus, an island in the Mediterranean. Her name is Helen Yorgalides, and I'm so happy to have had a chance to speak with her. Take a listen to what our conversation on Mata Mulhajade was like. Thank you very much for the invite. Oh, it's such a pleasure. How's it going in Nicosia? Um, it's been a lot of heat waves of lately, but we're yeah. doing perfectly fine under the air conditions, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. So let's get right into it. Um, Helen, you know, I've always been into human psychology and learning about mindsets, habits, and behaviors. Um, one of the topics that interests me is personal growth and self-improvement. Uh, so today we'll talk a little bit about what that looks like in the workspace. Um, we know sometimes there can be this tiny voice within us, often referred to as the inner naysayer, that discourages us from doing things, taking necessary steps, or even speaking up about things. Um, how did you find the courage to voice your ideas at work and how has this helped you to grow in your career? Good. Uh, that, that's a very good uh, uh, point to start there. Um, courage is a very uh, self-giving thing to every being. And uh, one of the things that I have learned uh, throughout my career and my being from childhood and uh, into daily life is how to slowly build my uh, my courage and my confidence and and uh, the tone of language and voice to use around uh, around uh, my life in general. So I have a few uh, pointers and uh, key points that I I usually go by. Uh, for this uh, sort of courage uh, around work workplace. So one of the things I would always uh, do to myself uh, is uh, be assertive. Um, and I would uh, usually advise people to increase their assertiveness. Of course, this comes with not assertiveness in a positive way. Uh, what I mean here is that you always have to prepare yourself, prepare yourself as much as possible and in your process of trying to be assertive in no matter what you do in life. This is a key. This is an important thing. Uh, preparation is the key to confidence and courage. So let me illustrate how this helps. Say I have to deal with a, um, a, a problem at work. It could be I need to address an issue 
to my reporting manager, how do I get the courage or build the courage to to say what I have to say in in a very professional and a non-displeasant way and yet get the attention of the other person to mm-hmm. actually agree to it. It's, uh, it's not always the fact that they have to agree to it, but to actually get the, get the platform for the other person to hear you and hear what you have to say. Mm-hmm. So in many cases, I found myself being very assertive in both positive and negative ways. Mm-hmm. But how have I controlled this? Uh, I have used a few uh, languages that I would say using non-combative languages when I decide to air myself, mm-hmm. uh, voice myself, sorry. Uh, say use use of key proper words or language is very essential. Say I would uh, say uh, to your manager, you could say, uh, listen, uh, we have had a few delays with the project that you have assigned to Team X. Mm-hmm. And uh, for this reason, I would like to bring to your attention that uh, we will need more time to deliver the work that you asked us to do. Mm-hmm. However, as we have it now, we do not have the resources to do so and deliver efficient work. Of course, this is, this is a very polite way of saying, okay, we have screwed up. We did not meet our deadlines, but please mm-hmm. allow us time to be more prepared and actually provide you with proper uh, out a uh, proper outcome of what you've asked us to do. Mm-hmm. But remember, I am using a less aggressive way of actually trying to ask for an excuse to get us to have the chance to prepare, to be more prepared and be more, uh, deliver more effectively without mm-hmm. actually making the other person uh, turn and argue with us and right, right. and throw words around us and uh, I mean become aggressive why didn't you do it you had one week to do blah blah mm-hmm. blah I mean yeah. I, I don't know that does it make any sense <laughs> yeah 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 I think um, essentially what you're saying is you know be mindful of the words that we choose you know because exactly um, exactly um, language is, is a very powerful tool um, it could be used to build or destroy. And often people think that being assertive means that you're like being rude and being blunt and just being abrasive. Um, so I think it's really great that you highlighted that, you know, we could be assertive in a positive way that that, that that's possible. Um, and also using non-combative language. I think that's was a really good key as well, because I think sometimes we just we're feeling things. And it's like that feeling just comes out in words and we don't really necessarily think about exactly. it. Exactly. You, you never think before. Actually, what happens uh, usually is when you build the courage to say something and mm-hmm. you find that the, the, the opposite party or the person you're addressing uh, does not pay attention or you haven't, uh, you haven't gotten their attention, full attention, to to persuade them or to lure them into understanding what you're trying to bring across, this usually results basically into what, the other person being more aggressive. Remember, you can still be you can get your point across effectively without coming out as aggressive, which increases your chances of being taken seriously. Mm, I think that's really important for us to um, keep in mind as well, like not be so quick to lash out. It's like, like, do I want this person to take what I'm saying seriously? You know, exactly. And, uh, in the end of yeah. the day, uh, remember that when you ga- gain the courage of voicing your opinion, I would say, mm-hmm. which is mostly the case, unless it's a fact, 
remember to always uh, put these principles. Be mm-hmm. assertive as much as you can, but assertiveness does not always have to be negative. If you yeah. want, if you yeah. want to be taken serious, right, right, very true, very true. And just to to add on to what you're saying, I remember um, one time I was in in a workspace and um, one of my managers gave me some really good feedback, saying, you know, if you want people to do, if you want someone to do something with you or if you even want them to do something, it's better to say or use words like we should or exactly. us. Yes, I, I totally agree with you. I think everyone has the desire to be important. And mm-hmm. in, with importance comes the use of the correct uh, pronouns or nouns. So yeah. if if you want things to get done, it's way professional to say, can we say, can we uh, send out this email to our uh, clients before noon today instead of saying, you need to send out this email before mm-hmm. noon? Mm-hmm. Or can we please uh, review these agreements or uh, requirements or policy mm-hmm. within uh, the next few hours instead of saying, Helen, you need to make. I mean, if you if you put this assertiveness still with the right pronouns or nouns in your sentence or your words, mm-hmm. that could perfectly go right because then mm-hmm. you do not make the other person uh, uncomfortable or you do not make the other person feel like they're being forced to do something yeah. as opposed to making them to actually understand that it's a collective thing mm-hmm. that both you and 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 them will benefit of remember yeah. <laughs> to get the other person to do something you need to make them understand that it's uh, to the to their benefit as as much sure. as as much as it could be of your benefit you need <laughs> to make them understand that it's it's to their yeah. benefit yeah, yeah, very true, very true. It's like when we're younger and, you know, our parents or the adults around us let us know, hey, you have to drink your milk so you can get strong bones or eat your vegetables so you can, you know, exactly. Like they exactly. want us to do these things, but they're also telling us how it's going to benefit us. Um, one more thing I wanted to add on to what you're saying, I, I remember feeling so overwhelmed at work in the past and not knowing how to express this, uh, just this feeling of, of just a burden on my back with work and stuff. So I think I, I read an article or something and it was saying how the best way to sort of tackle feeling that way, because we all know when we feel stressed or overwhelmed in the workplace, that could sort of spill into other things, our mood, our attitude, how we communicate with other people. So I always struggled with that until I discovered this um, this method. And it's pretty much like if your manager or your superior gives you uh, one task after the other before you even get to finish one, um, it's always good to just approach them and say, hey, you know, manager X or whatever, um, I have this assignment and this assignment and this assignment. Um, I know you would like them completed. Which one of these do you want me to complete first? Which one of these should I make a priority? So once you can find it in yourself to communicate to your superior in that way and sort of um, let them know that you're overwhelmed, but in a more professional way, the ball is in their court and then they could actually tell you, oh, okay, uh, Kiren, well, you know what? Okay, I realize I gave you these three assignments. Um, I think this one is priority right now. So try to get that one done for me, then you can tackle the rest. And I actually used that trick with one of my managers and it worked. And I was like, whew, like, whew, I just, I just like, it just lifted so much off my back because I was worried, like, when am I going to get this done? Am I going to have overtime? So that's really to just, um, that's a testimony to your point about just, you know, finding the confidence and being assertive. So when opposing opinions arise in, in the workspace, how do you foster constructive dialogue so that your voice can be heard and considered without prejudice? Uh, we deal with uh, people of emotions and prejudice and motivated by pride and vanity. So you have to be careful of how you you handle things around around people. You do not know what battle any uh, the person is dealing with. 
So mm-hmm. uh, it's on, it's always important to to try and listen and and understand why they have come to that stage of being ag- aggressive or uh, or uh, causing all this uh, discomfort around your workplace uh, when it comes to you trying to prove a point based on facts, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's make this clear because if it's uh, if it's you just airing your opinion, mm-hmm. there's always room for bringing both parties to an understanding. So an opinion is always an opinion, but mm-hmm. how you address it to the other person plays a big role. Again, it's you have to level yourself to understand what I am saying to this person, does, does this make as much sense as what I am actually trying to address or to put out there? Or if yes, of course, my opinion has not been agreed to. Mm-hmm. Let's always try to remember, is, is it... Is it uh, listen to the other person? It's it's important. Just listen to them. Like mm. yes, yes, you're airing your opinion, but you have to come to a compromise of of agreeing to disagree. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's a very it's a very <laughs> common word that we use from time to time, but it is true that you have to agree to disagree when it comes to certain uh, to certain uh, uh, under certain conditions. That's true. And this is something that I have dealt with because based on my background as a compliance officer, it's, it's, believe me, it's one of the most uh, challenging things because uh, I, I deal with this on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I address, I, I work as the middleman between the regulator and uh the stakeholders. Mm-hmm. So if the regulator asks for a new regulation to be implemented or to be adopted or a new policy to be introduced to the company, I have mm-hmm. to be the middleman to air their opinion or to air their, uh, not opinion, but their requirements to the stakeholders. And unless they understand what exactly and why they need to implement it to them. It stands as an opinion. So Mm. I have to build a strong uh, uh, background of trying to make them understand as much as possible without making a big deal out without, without actually causing a big, uh, a scene or feeling unimportant or just falling back and feeling discouraged. Mm-hmm. So it's always a good thing to always remember when you when you're when you when you get yourself in this uh situation try to understand whether this person you're you're dealing with why they they have come to the conclusion that they do not uh, they do they do not agree with you. Mm-hmm. And believe me if you can't explain something to a 6-year-old then you don't understand it yourself. So this, I always say to myself, if I do not have a well-explained and well-thought-out um, uh, procedures or whatever situation I'm dealing with, then you will always find yourself in this uh, opposing uh, side or banging shoulders with your colleagues and people. Yeah, yeah, uh, that's so true. Um, it's, it's certainly an art, I would say, um, agreeing to disagree, understanding opinions, um, listening to the other person. Sometimes when somebody's talking, we have a tendency to already be thinking of something while they're talking. So we end up missing so much of what they're saying. So I think a lot of, uh, what you just, um, pointed out here are, are things that, um, people could, put into practice and continue working on because they really do help us be better communicators. And I think when we become better communicators, we will start to see the fruits of that in our lives. Exactly. Um, 
Yeah. So thank you so much for that. Um, how do you uh, deal with inappropriate situations um, such as lack of respect or sexual harassment in a respectful way and effective way in regards to uh, some of the points you just uh, brought up as well? Well, I would like to just point out that uh, people people have issues. <laughs> it's a fact. It's a fact. <laughs> people have issues. It's not a proven fact, but it's it's debatable, and we can go. We can debate on this for the whole year or decades. That's but <laughs> exactly. So. Uh, yes, you do come across uh, people uh, at your workplace or your daily life routine at the stores or anywhere who could be disrespectful, right? Which is a very common thing, by the way. Mm-hmm. But absolutely, yes. But re- uh, let's let's try to remember that sometimes self self expressions is a dominant necessity of human nature. Mm-hmm. When you have excellent idea of why not give the other person the essence of importance that they're looking for, mm-hmm. then in most cases you 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 sit back and see things in a different way. You you see you point out all the negative around right. it, which I don't disagree. Yes, we, you come across so many people that are rude, that are impolite, that uh, I, I will focus on mainly disrespect, people being disrespectful uh, as opposed to sexual harassment for a, for a moment. Uh, you, you come across people who have the tendency of just being impolite and rude, regardless, Absolutely. from Monday to, to Monday. Mm-hmm. at work and you do not know how to deal with these people mm-hmm. I, I would say gather your courage to sit down and just ask them in a polite in the politest way as as possible ask them if you have done anything wrong do not confront please <laughs> but mm-hmm. just ask them in the most polite way as you can if they ever need any help from you and just see how yeah. they react Mm. And if they give you a cold shoulder, just ask them again in a very, be persistent, ask them in a very polite way. Mm-hmm. If there is anything that you might have done or crossed their, their raw, crossed, crossed them in any way that you might have not known. Because we're humans, we, we express ourselves in different ways. I, I can think that what I'm doing is very not, uh, it's okay to do, yet in actual sense, it could be something that the other person uh, perceives it in a different way, perceives it mm-hmm. as aggression or negative or with a lot of discomfort. So it's always good to reach out to the other person and try to ask them. I have been in a situation at work where I had to, I had to go and ask a colleague why they were being very, aggressive and angry towards me. I, I myself, I, I, by default, I would say, which is not a good thing. I have a resting bitch face. You can, Mm -hmm. when you see me, you can, you can never, you can hardly, you, you, unless you know me, you'll think, Oh, this person, I can never talk to them. Mm -hmm. I have that kind of face. I'm this kind Mm -hmm. of person. And it took me a while to understand that sometimes when when I say things or when I do things, people tend to take it in a much more negative way as opposed to a positive way. So it's always good to go, reach out to the person, just ask them, uh, is, there, is there anything that I've done to offend you? Or is there something that we need to discuss to just resolve things? It's always good to ask them and, and find out if it's something that you can resolve. If not, mm-hmm. then... God knows uh, you need to find a way of just resolving things, especially mm-hmm. when it's around uh, working environment. I don't mm-hmm. know if it's something which anyone else, I'm sure many people have, have been across, but it's always difficult for us as humans, I would say, from my experience, to reach out to someone when you're 
when you actually think or assume would be the right word that mm -hmm. uh, they have done you wrong or you have done them wrong or whichever the, the case is. Mm -hmm. So, right. yeah. Um, I would say another thing is to try and understand the other person without being flirty. Just reach out to them and just be honest with them. Mm -hmm. Just Again, it's workplace. You've seen this person in their good moods and bad moods and whatever moods. It could be at, at home as well uh, with your spouse or partner or family, parents. Just ask them. Just uh, It's always like my grandma says, I would say. It's, 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 it's never too wrong to ask someone. If you ask, it's like what the Bible says, seek and you shall find. So if you ask, you will, you will actually come to a conclusion instead of jumping into a, uh, to an assumptions and causing more problems, thinking of mm -hmm. things that wouldn't have been what they are thought to be. And I would say, lastly, Just uh, outweigh the bad things that the other person have done mm. to the good things. See their good deeds as opposed to weighing their bad deeds. If it's mm. a long-term office drama or situation that ha has gone into place and you just don't know how to resolve it. Mm -hmm. uh, for sexual harassment at work, I'm not sure how to deal with it, but the best thing would be go to the HR and just air your complaints to them. I mean, mm -hmm. if you can't do it to the person, uh, go to the HR. I know sometimes it might not seem right or wrong. There's no right or wrong when it comes to things. So long as you can communicate your discomfort, I would say that's my keyword. Just communicate your discomfort to to the person that you feel has crossed your boundary across your line or right. reached mm -hmm. your limit exceeded right. your uh, potential limits so yeah and i think that's really good um, advice to start with in terms of just being able to communicate that this person crossed my boundaries or you know crossed the line um on a personal level for me Uh, I once had an experience where I was at work and um, my supervisor is actually a male. He was um, supervising a team of maybe seven of us and uh, me and another woman worked in the office and he was working directly with us. And um, we were at a holiday party and I don't know if he had too much to drink or whatever, but everybody's around and, and I was wearing a hat and um, he comes around and he hugs me. He's like, Hey, you know, just talking. And, Then he he proceeds to pull my hat, the hat off my head, and immediately everybody around was like, "Whoa!" And I was like, "Whoa!" And then he like put the hat back on my head. So in that, mind you, he's um, uh, Kawaja, right? Mm -hmm. So in that moment, I don't know what it was, but I felt so embarrassed and I was shocked and I was like, "Whoa!" Like, you know, what a violation of just personal space. So for me, it wasn't it wasn't like um, disrespect as in like, okay, this person's using negative language towards you or mm -hmm. it was even sexual harassment to where they're making advances. But for me, where I felt body language, was, I would say, yes, yeah, it was it was it was body language. It was them sort of breaching into my privacy and, and they did it in front of everybody. So I felt really horrible. And um, I kind of had one of those moments where I just I choked like I just I couldn't I was so angry. I couldn't say anything. So after he, he went away and was socializing with other people, a few of the um, other women that worked in the company came up to me and they were like, oh my gosh, are you okay? Like, he's such an a-hole and all that. And um, I was like, oh, it's fine. So, you know, at that moment, I'm trying to put the brave face. Oh, guys, it's fine. It's fine. But at a later date, when I discussed it with some of my other coworkers, um, some of them opened up to me and were like, oh man, when he did that, we were so upset but you didn't say anything. So we, we just, you know, we just thought you were okay with it. So, but we were ready to just like attack him and stuff. So my lesson, the lesson I learned in that was, wow, like sometimes you don't even know that other people will, will be willing to stand up for you if you just take that step to stand up for yourself. Mm. So that's what I learned from that situation. Okay. And that's good, sis. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was like, 
I was like, I sh- yeah, you're right. I should have said something. Then it would have been a gang of us just attacking him. Like, oh, yeah, right? So it was one of those like, ah, okay, I learned my lesson. Um, but what I, I also want to highlight is I know um, women all around the world, um, even, you know, Junabia women and girls all around the world, they're you know, employment situation could be different from mine or yours. Um, some people, if if they're in a situation where, um, you know, somebody who's supervising them is making advances or talking to them disrespectfully, um, some people are not in a position to where they feel safe to say, hey, don't do this to me, or hey, I didn't like when you did that, either because they're scared to lose their employment or they have they have so much to lose and they, and they fear the um the backlash of what speaking up and speaking out will do so what i would advise them is essentially the same thing that you said you know just find that you actually said in the beginning which is find the courage um slowly build the courage to be assertive in a positive way and really speak up even if the person that's running the hr department or you know your supervisor is a man don't let that be um, something that deters you from speaking up for your rights as a woman and to say, hey, you know, this thing that you said to me or what you did to me or whatever it is, don't ever be afraid to set that boundary and set that line because trust me, you're, number one, you're going to be a better woman for it and then you won't live with the regret of not having said anything. So since we're talking about all that, <laughs> do you think uh, personal matters should be discussed at the workplace and what are the disadvantages of doing so? Oh, I'll tell you something. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Based on personal experience, this is a disclaimer. I would just say a risk disclaimer based Uh on, based on personal uh, experience. Uh I would say know when to share. Mm know when to share i i use i use three i i call them the three w's mm-hmm. okay so okay. we need to we need to understand when why and what personal information to to share around the office right. uh, office space uh, the, um, it's 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 the healthiest way to start um and create a healthy boundary at work at at your workplace so of course you can love all trust all uh, trust a few and do wrong to none like shakespeare Mm -hmm. says but always remember remember when you want to go go ahead and share whatever information little information you might think uh, personal information that you're thinking of uh, sharing with someone, mm-hmm. mostly a, a colleague, try to understand when, when, actually, why are you doing it? And what information is this? And how mm-hmm. did you come, how did you actually come to this, uh, to this conclusion that you need to, to go into your personals and dig out like your, <laughs> your, your, your dirt or <laughs> could be right. clean, clean details and just sharing it there. I'll give you a few examples. <laughs> I would give you a few examples. Right. If you're if you're if you're caught up in an, in a situation where you're you're in a conversation and the other person is uh, sharing their personal experience and very personal details about themselves, depending on the situation, people always want to have people create uh, some sort of comfort for them to be able to actually share with you whatever they have shared with you in the first place. So try right. to understand when they were, sh- why they were sharing with you. And if it's actually necessary for you to share anything mm-hmm. of that sort with them. Right. So unless you have an outside uh, work relationship, even though you, even if it exists, try to limit how, how much you, you share at work. Uh, one, it's not good for you, for you professionally and two you never know how it can be used against you at the the later so it's always good to be professional uh. thank you for tuning in to the first half of our discussion on conquering your inner naysayer with helen yorgalidis stay tuned for more after this short music break
for staying tuned in. We surely hope you enjoyed these beautiful Latin rhythms. Here is part two of our discussion called Mata Munhajare with Helen Yorgalidis. Stand, uh, limit whatever you have to say about yourself, mm-hmm. especially when it has to do with your family relationship, husband and wife relationship, sexual relations or super personal private information that you could you don't necessarily need to share for everyone to know uh, intimate re- uh, information i would say mm-hmm. uh, it's good to limit this kind of shares of course you can share things like oh i went to the hairdresser or yeah. oh we went to, we watched this movie mm-hmm. or or oh, i traveled to this like experiences or knowledge it's good to share knowledge with people and try to exchange a few know-hows uh, to build each other's um, experiences or just to enrich one another. But I would right. say re- refrain from being, be private as much as you can, really. Yeah, I I would have to agree with that 110% um, because I've, and not to scare, you know, anyone out there, I've seen instances where oversharing, you know, personal information or, you know, what's happening in your personal life. I've seen instances where it's done more harm than good to the person who's sharing. So that's, so for me, the lesson that I learned is just like, ah, okay, don't really, you know, be as, as private as you can be. And I think what you're also saying is, you know, there's nothing wrong with uh, socializing or, you know, if you want to go out for happy hour and do stuff, I think the best time to maybe be a little bit more open and share about yourself is off site the environment is different. So you could be a little bit more relaxed, but I think within the workspace, it's definitely important to just keep professional as much as possible. And just know that I usually, I hate to use this quote, but it's a dog eat dog world. And sometimes you just, we say it in, uh, in Sudanese, I think, sabi sabi, uh-huh. <laughs> something sabi sabi, uh-huh. sabi sabi ketir makwais, something uh-huh. like this. <laughs> okay, it's true. You know, it's, it's it's definitely true. And um, for me, Helen, what helped me is just compartmentalize in the sense of like, okay, these are my neighborhood friends or these are my work friends. These are my, um, you know, people I see at the gym or, and then these are, these are friends that I have made at work, but I still keep it within, you know, within that context. So um, I think in the long run, it does serve us uh, um, more good. Um, than harm. And it also helps with being able to set boundaries. Um, I think a lot of people struggle with setting boundaries. And I yeah. think, yeah, yeah. So I definitely think it, it helps with that. Um, I, I mean, the best thing you can do to yourself is set a healthy boundary in the first place. And then true. with those boundaries come uh, come the come in place the components, the, the compartment, sorry, that you mentioned. Mm-hmm. So if once you group your, your friends to these are my, we're hanging out friends. These are my, someone I can rely on. These are my, maybe just WhatsApp friends. I, yeah. I, I mean, you, you have, you have different uh, sets of friends and, mm-hmm. and it's always healthy to keep a small circle to right. share, to share if you want to share very personal things with. So. Right. Right. Absolutely. And even uh, when it comes to like, like more personal matters, like even like health issues and things like that. Sometimes, um, you know, I've seen situations where a person opened up to their um, employer about having a certain health issue and then, you know, they didn't end up working there. You know what I'm saying? And so sometimes it's really like you mentioned before, we have to weigh, weigh our risks, you know, just, just weigh it and say, okay, is this going to benefit me in the long run? Um, how long am I going to be at this job? Or what's my relationship with this um, supervisor? Or, you know, does this company even care about this kind of thing that I'm thinking about? So um, I think that's a really good point that you brought to the forefront as well in terms of weighing, um, you know, the, the risks and the good and bad. Um, so, yeah, Helen, I also wanted to ask you, for South Sudanese women, and young girls, particularly those that feel they are at a disadvantage because they're African or they're Janubi, um, what advice do you have about taking risks um, in terms of following dreams, applying for positions, or just doing things that they're passionate about? The first thing I would say is 
which is most probably the most difficult thing, but based on personal experience, again, remove any negative thoughts or negativity around you. Uh, I moved to Cyprus about 10 years ago and Cyprus is a small, it's a small island. It's, mm-hmm. uh, when I moved back then, there were very few, I would say African people mm-hmm. uh, and mostly it was people in the university, back in the university, they, my friends always, not my friends, but my colleagues always say, it, uh, cl- classmates always say it, like, oh, you know, what made you come and come to Cyprus instead of going to the UK? And how do you think you're going to cope up with this? And I, because I built this positive, positive energy in me, and I, I thought to myself, I'm, I'm in this country Okay, the fact that I am half Cypriot and half Sudanese didn't matter because I still felt like I came to a new place. I'm in a foreign place. I need to to try and think positive to survive. Mm. That, that was my oh. that that was my weapon. If I oh. if I had in the first place, if I had set my mind to all this, oh, I am Junubi. I don't think I would be anywhere mm-hmm. by now. So I set myself to believe that it's not about my color. I don't yeah. care what other people think about me. I'm going to achieve what I came to do and what I want to do. So right. I, I build myself this principle of trying to understand what I wanted in the first place and mm-hmm. put aside my my race, my religion, and anything that defines me physically. I, I removed those, those boundaries and... Mm-hmm build a healthier mindset of how do I accomplish what I, what I have set. So this brings me to my second, to my next point. I developed, uh, we need to develop a, a self a discipline, a self-discipline, set realistic ambitions, goals, and aim, aim for achievable projects or set goals that you can reach for. Right. And always remember, it's good to take a risk. Without taking a risk, you will never learn. So mm. try to balance what you're doing in your life. Uh, understand right. why you're in that position in the first place. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I know and believe that there's so many African, African Sudanese or first generation Sudanese, Junubi in the US or Canada or across. Europe or Asia or any other country, even even in Africa, don't get me wrong, who still struggle. You struggle understanding or feeling discouraged at workplace or just not having this confidence and passion to to and believe actually that they will achieve what they've said. It's all about disciplining yourself. If you said something, try to reach for it. I mean, drive yourself as much as you can work hard, skip. If it, if it means skipping nightclubs or skipping some things in order to achieve what you want to do it, sacrifice as much as you can. If, if it means that you need to get there, it's not always easy to say, to say, to start off with, but once you, what, once you have that positive mindset and discipline yourself to actually try and achieve things, then you will find yourself getting somewhere. And my last thing would be create a healthy circle of friends. Very Mm -hmm. important for me. Saved me from day one since I came. Mm -hmm. I have had a few, I have a small circle of friends, very healthy uh, friendship these persons have helped me a lot. They've always been around, like you said in your previous conversation. Once you have the right people who are willing to stand by you and support you, then there's, it's impossible not to get somewhere or not mm-hmm. to, to take, that, take up that risk that you want and, right. and move, move forward, basically. So take that risk. Of course, a healthy weigh your risks as much as possible. I'm not saying 
the risk doesn't come with a risk of course comes with you either lose or win. So mm. unless you, you do it, you're not gonna, you're not gonna understand or you're not gonna learn from, from anything. So uh, take a risk, make as much uh, efforts to set achievable goals. And remember that once you have a positive mindset, you're going to get there. It's right. not, it's easily said and it's, it's easily said and difficult to be done, but believe me, I've been through it and I'm still pushing. I, I, every time I set small goals, long-term, short-term, so long as you can achieve them, be a dreamer and achieve those dreams. Yeah. That's so beautiful. That's very beautiful. And, um, what principles from our culture do you think you have kept with you? Um, you mentioned being in, in, in Cyprus for uh, 10 years. So what principles from our culture do you think you've kept with you that sort of carried you through your experience um, interacting with different people and, and different cultures? So uh, just a quick small background about myself. So my, my dad is uh, uh, a mixed race of Zande and uh, Greek Cypriot, mm -hmm. and my mom is a Kakwa. Mm -hmm. And I, I would say I have carried on more uh, of our Sudanese um, cultures as much as I'm trying to mingle and marry them off with this Cypriot uh, <laughs> cultures yeah. and keep a healthy balance. Mm -hmm. And I would just want, I, I would like to point out that uh, one of the things that I've always uh, admired with my family growing up uh, as a South Sudanese, in a South Sudanese household, is that I have had strict <laughs> parents. <laughs> and this has instilled some good self discipline and, and carrying around respect and being respectful. So. Mm -hmm. I, I, I am 100% sure that any African woman out there would agree that uh, uh, African families or households are, would discipline you regardless. Right. <laughs> so sure. this, okay. this instills self-discipline, which I still carry and use on my daily routine at work That's and beautiful. try to incorporate it in my daily life as well. And the other thing is that uh, Sudan has gone through a lot history-wise. And one thing that I realized is that we have always been risk-oriented and have had pers uh, perseverance with whatever, in whatever we do and whatever we're thrown at. Mm -hmm. So... Um, Yes, and uh, we see this with all these uh, civil wars that Cyber, uh, Sudan has gone through. Uh, sorry for making references to uh, Cyprus. Cyprus has a somewhat same story as South Sudan uh, because the north side of Cyprus has actually been occupied by Turkish Cypriot mm -hmm. and the south part of it has the Greek Cypriots. Mm -hmm. Somewhat South Sudan is occupied by the Junubi and the north side has been occupied by the Arab Sudanese, I would say. Uh, no offense, I put another risk disclaimer. I do not want to offend anyone with this, mm -hmm. but I'm just making references on based on general knowledge and what I understand. Mm -hmm. And so th with this uh, comes back to my point, with this comes uh, a lot of risk-taking and being open-minded to always have the courage to take up challenges that you come across. Be mm -hmm. a fighter and yeah, be, uh, sure. be open-minded and see things in, in, in a more broader uh, perspective. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and lastly, family values. I've applied it at work my daily routine we 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 sat in in Sudanese households i'm i 
I believe we have more family values that we set around, yes. especially if you have kids and mm -hmm. raising them with certain values uh, is is an essential for mm -hmm. for a family. We I, have I'm our not, own commandments. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, obviously, very strict, but. When you're living abroad, of course, you have to marry your strict, your strict, uh, your strict values with the Western living, but yeah. always have that balance because I know living abroad mm -hmm. for most uh, Junubians and uh, Sudanese, uh, you, 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 we tend to forget our family values, which mm -hmm. is something that we have to carry on, I guess. Uh, right. It instills discipline to our, to our kids. It, it makes them understand in a good way that the difference between what is wrong or right and many other values that, of course, each family has done. Mm -hmm. But I also want to point that I, I understand, like any other person or Sudanese who has been through a lot, uh, with all these experiences, we always have built this had we built this wall or i would say we have created this uh, very strong concrete around us and the need to to be strong enough and sometimes it comes out of out as being very very aggressive in a bad way mm -hmm. and and this 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 is something that i it's one of my big weaknesses that i'm still trying to work on I would mm -hmm. say, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and it's something I that I, yeah, it's something that I would like to share with uh, all the Sudanese women or youth out there that I understand that we've been through a lot. Uh, we might have had uh, horrible family experiences growing up. It could be violent, fa uh, violent fathers and mothers or alcoholic or abusive uh, parents or whichever situation you found yourself in or neglected child neglect, uh, neglect, whichever situation you have found yourself in or gone through that has built that strong uh, con concrete around you to, to be as tough as it gets. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's always good to balance this and, get back to reality and see how to how to try and use that to to an advantage as opposed to a disadvantage mm -hmm. um don't get into fights when you don't when you think the other person is not understanding you again aggression Try to <laughs> mellow your aggression when you think the other person is not understanding you or uh, try to not reply immediately if you think you're going to sound very uh, rude or impolite or disrespectful. Always try to minimize as much uh, violence as you can in your in your tone mm -hmm. and try in general just do some zens as much as you can <laughs> because, because i i know it's something that i i am dealing with in a personal level sometimes you know you, you you feel like oh i can do this i'm tough why is this person telling me this or but all this sometimes it gets you and uh, until you understand uh, as as someone with certain sort of backgrounds and and experience or just being part of something has actually molded you or has has sort of influenced you in a way that you you would never understand mm -hmm. you, uh, and uh, being from uh, very strict uh, families has has helped and has has also has built you or could build you sorry or could demolish you in a way. So it's up it's up to you as an individual to know when to actually 
be uh, when to balance this because yes it has instilled a lot of values in you but sometimes sitting back and uh, realizing that maybe our parents were a bit too too strict and maybe yes it has made us grow to this very successful persons but sometimes the way things would have been said to you would have not been the in the correct way and you didn't you just didn't see it until the outcome of it mm-hmm. which is something that i'm not a psychologist but i've been i've taken a few psychology lessons during my university times and it's something that i remember from it uh, you never understand or you would never you, you would hardly un- understand this kind of situations until you actually sit back and recall why am i actually being this way especially when it comes to situations that gets out of hand and right and you just do not understand where why this happened so right. yeah wow that's 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 a lot that's a really good um feedback so so there's this song by fela kuti who is just a prominent um nigerian uh afrobeat singer and he's uh he i think i think he, they would consider him like the father of afrobeat back in like the 70s mm-hmm. um the song is called uh i think it's suffering and smiling mm-hmm. uh, you know in the song he sings about you know my people are always suffering but they're always smiling like they always smile no matter what and and in the song he's encouraging his people like stop smiling while you're suffering because you know the the people that are oppressing you the system that's oppressing you is is thinking that it's okay so it's okay to get angry so that's pretty much his message in the song and that always stayed with me for some reason right mm-hmm. and so now when i think about you know growing up in a south sudanese household uh south sudanese culture and everything and i see my people smile a lot um whether it's you know through the, the bad the worst of times and they're they're smiling through it sometimes people could be really disrespectful and you know they'll just bow out gracefully and things like that even though we have that other tough side of us you know i think um in the western world sort of we we soften sometimes a little bit and for me i started seeing where i do that you know especially in the workplace like smile when i don't necessarily want to smile or you know just take certain things when i know i'm like i i, I don't want to you know mm. and so uh in recent years i've sort of made a vow to myself like no i'm not going to do that anymore you know if if i if i don't feel like smiling i'm not going to smile of course that doesn't mean be rude but essentially to just be more authentic and rather than just smile to get my way through things like let me be more authentic and say you know no i don't like that or hey you know kiran do you want this no i'm okay no thank you like just be more authentic and not use smiling and 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 being pleasant or being nice to sort of uh, uh avoid confrontation and things like that so so while it's a good trait in our culture like when i meet people sometimes and i tell them you know they ask me where i'm from and i say oh south sudan they're like oh south sudan are so uh, south sudanese are so nice and you guys are sweet people and blah, 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 all that stuff and i know what they're talking about you know uh, <laughs> i sorry to cut you i don't think it would be the same if if you had to experience me. <laughs> I have a serious face and no one I can easily get someone to talk to. Like everyone coming to my to my door is like I have to go in there. Do I have to? Are you sure that's not the Cyprian in you? I'm guessing. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. Um but but yeah, you know, so yeah, all of our experiences are different for sure, for sure. And so so for me I just you know I'm like okay well what I want to do is make sure that I'm being authentic. I want to make sure that you know whoever it is that I'm interacting with they could tell how I feel and I'm not just putting a smile on just for the sake of it and because that's socially acceptable sort of thing. So yeah, so thank you so much for bringing out all those good things especially with family values and perseverance and just courage to take up challenges and things like that. Um I want to Thank you so much for letting me interview. We're coming up on our time. I know we can talk for hours. Um uh you know, you gave us such great insight. I always love to pick your brain because I know you're very professional. Um you're experienced and sincere about the things you say. So thank you very much. Um thank that you. also makes me 
yeah, that also makes me realize we have not talked about your art and I should know better since I'm kind of an art fanatic. Um, so tell me, where do you draw your inspiration from and what's been your favorite piece of art that you've created so far? Uh, thank you, Kidan. It's been a pleasure uh, uh, talking to you and going through all Very these welcome. questions. <laughs> You're very welcome. So I am a self, uh, self-taught painter, I would say. Uh, I drew my inspirations uh, from since I was a child. As mm-hmm. as far as I can remember, I was told I started drawing since I knew how to use a paper and a pencil. So, mm-hmm. uh, of course, African parents, you know, they mm-hmm. tend to oversay things. So. <laughs> <laughs> to build your confidence. <laughs> exactly. So, but yes, uh, I basically draw my inspiration from myself i i tend to use my art as a way i get away from stress like a stress reliever and express my feelings uh, through my deep use of uh, watercolors and i've done a few paintings that clearly if someone saw them uh, they would understand my mood or uh, they would it would depict why I've I've uh, chosen the colors because mm-hmm. we artists I would say or painters mm-hmm. use uh, uh, our languages through the colors we use. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I use a lot of uh, bright colors and I like bright uh, paintings. Mm-hmm. And I haven't been able to paint for a few months. I would say I don't want to be sound very. <laughs> <laughs> unprofessional but no, no. almost a year mm-hmm. so I need some inspiration mm-hmm. but I have a few paintings uh, and one of my favorite paintings was a lion mm-hmm. and a lioness uh, and yes because uh, this animal comes with a lot of wisdom in her and I sort of like using this kind of things when I draw but yes, I mostly focus on portraits and animal drawings, uh, water paint. Right. Wow, that's that's so beautiful. I love that you uh, brought up the point um, with artists, you know, tapping into colors to sort of uh, convey their mood. And that's as an artist myself, I never really thought about that. It made me think, oh, man. So that time when I painted that thing so black and brown, is that was that my mood? Exactly. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I also I also do. Uh, I also used to write pod, uh, poems. But mm-hmm. again, I've, it's been a while since I got into writing again. Yeah, but as usual, uh, artists usually art usually goes with poems. So yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I, you touched on something really good too. Just you know, I, I don't feel any shame about you know four months, a year, two years. Really, art, whether it's music, poetry, um, any any mode of expression, for me, it, it really just uh, it it's more beautiful and it's best when it just comes organically and you move off of inspiration. And I think that's, what's really cool about your process. You just sort of create when, when you're inspired by something as opposed to feeling like, Oh, I, I have to do this. I have to do that. I have to do that. So I think, I think that's really cool. Um, so thank you for sharing a little bit of your process with us. I really appreciate you taking the time, Helen. Um, give us your final thoughts about taking risks and being brave. And then uh, tell our listeners where they can connect with you online. Sure. Uh, my last words uh, to all Junubias and Junubin, sorry, <laughs> is <laughs> never, uh, never be afraid to take the risk. If you do not take the risk, you will never learn. Beautiful. Uh, and you can always uh, find me on Instagram. Uh, mm-hmm. so you, you can reach me there and yeah I'm happy to answer any questions that you have wonderful wonderful thank you so much Helen we wish you all the best in all your endeavors and we hope to speak with you on this podcast soon thank you for listening yeah thank you for listening Thank you for tuning in to the second episode of Junabia Girl Talks podcast. Please follow us on YouTube, Instagram, or Twitter to let us know your thoughts or comments on topics we discussed. Stay tuned for more episodes. Stay blessed. Masalam. Ma